Welcome. Welcome to the show that's for all things sports and only sports. You believe in miracles? Yes! High fly ball into right field. She is gone! Each week, Dan and Drew break down sports' biggest moments and best action. Pass is intercepted at the goal line. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back! This is... The Dan and Drew Show. There it is. A win for the ages. Here are your hosts, Dan and Drew Walker. Christmas in September is finally here. It is Football Thursday. Welcome back, you glorious holiday. Yes, you never would have thought Christmas in September, but that's exactly what it is, and it has been a long time coming. This episode is going to be packed. It's going to be full. It's going to be so much fun when I have to edit this because I know we have a lot in store. Look, guys, it's just going to be football only today. Dan, you wanted to talk about golf. Guess what? That can be next week. We're not yeah. talking about golf today. It's okay. only football. Back to our roots, a.k.a. the Pigskin Podcast, which it was known by before Dane decided to join. It's going to be football only, and we're here for it. I hope you guys are here for it, too. Actually, I was, I'm always excited to record an episode, but this one specifically, because it is going to be jam-packed. We are starting the new football season we have some changes an extra game this season which is even more fun for us another episode we get a breakdown uh, for football and it's um it's a glorious time to start the greatest sport i believe in sports in general now the nfl they cannot be more thrilled than to open the season with america's football team in tom brady aka the tampa bay buccaneers I understand that every year the Super Bowl champs are supposed to open the season up at home. I say supposed to because we know in previous seasons it hasn't always been the case. But then you got to put America's football team in there. I don't like the fact that you're opening the season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. thing is when it comes to the scheduling that they do throughout the summer, actually they work on it the entire season, but they release it in the summer. The very first schedule they look at is the reigning Super Bowl champions. And they saw Tampa Bay, and as they were going down the list of the teams they'd be playing this season, yeah, they stopped at Dallas. Yep. Didn't go any further. <laughs> they didn't have to. They didn't have to. It's because um, if you look at their schedule, mm-hmm. and we'll get, we're not going to talk about every team's schedule, but Tampa, the only teams that deserve to be in the first game of the season would probably be the Rams, and then definitely the Buffalo Bills. But like you said, Dan, as soon as they saw Dallas, they said, "Skirt, that's all we got to go." We don't need anybody else because we know half the country essentially is going to watch the Dallas Cowboys get throttled by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Don't give your pick already. We just started this thing. We have a long way to go. Well, I'm excited, Dan. It's uh, football is here, and I want to go ahead and, and throw a little shot at the Dallas Cowboys and the fact that they are not going to win their week one matchup against Tom Brady and this this incredible defense that has not changed at all. The only thing that has changed is their uh, age on their driver's license. That's it. Let's get into what this episode is about. Let's first break down our NFL awards for the preseason picks. Last year, talked about Josh Allen possibly winning the MVP award. I was close. The other awards, maybe not so much because Christian McCaffrey got hurt. 
Well, that was an anomaly. It was an anomaly, and I hope so because, um, well, foreshadowing, you'll know why I say that. For our MVP pick, though, Dan, I'm going to let you take the helm on this one. I'll let you go first. Be, be, I'll be kind. I'll be courteous to you. Okay, so we're starting with the the um, the cream of the crop. The creme de la creme is the MVP. This, for me, to be honest with you, Drew, when I look at MVP, it stands for, correct me if I'm wrong, the most valuable player. Correct. Right? I would think so. Okay, thank you. That means something. I think that we, there's a lot of emphasis on Patrick Mahomes always being the conversation for MVP. I don't like that. You know why? Because the team overall is stacked. Yeah. Same with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if if Tom Brady was to be in that conversation. I don't like that. The purpose of the MVP pick is they are the absolute difference maker on your team. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of the times it goes to the quarterback. It's kind of hard to win games if you don't have someone under center. With that said, my MVP pick is actually going to be Dak Prescott from the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. And when I give you my predictions for the record this season, you'll understand why I chose Dak as my MVP Okay, well, I agree with your argument. It should be the most valuable player. Absolutely agree. That's not how the award is won, though. You and I both know, yep. and you listeners yep. know, mm-hmm. that is not how these players win the MVP award. So with that said, my MVP pick, Tom Brady. What he <laughs> showed last year, I know, goes against your argument, but I'm saying I agree with your your logic. It should be the most valuable player on a team. Derrick Henry last year, the fact that he didn't win it one of the last two seasons is ridiculous. He, he eclipsed 2,000 yards, and he wasn't even really sniffed at when it came to MVP conversation. I'm going to go with what people want, and they want the face of the NFL, which is, I, I think, still Tom Brady. And he showed that without him, they were not going to win that Super Bowl last year. And he, he's still playing at a high level. He's going to take the team to uh, incredible new heights. And when we talk about team records, he is going to solidify that award based on the record that I have given them for this season. So you have Dak Prescott. I have Tom Brady. So let's talk about offensive player of the year. So Dalvin Cook, you have earned the honors of being the offensive player of the year award. If you didn't get hurt last year, I'm pretty confident that you probably would overtake Derrick Henry for the offensive player of the year award because you were having an incredible season. Now he did eclipse 2,000 yards. But at the same time, I had faith in that Cook could do it too. And I think coming off the injury, having another year under the system, maybe, you know, Kirk Cousins can actually help him out a little bit. But I really like Dalvin Cook to take home the honors this season for Offensive Player of the Year. All right, Drew, for my Offensive Player of the Year award, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers. Last year, he won MVP. You and I both said that he shouldn't have won. He should win the Offensive Player of the Year, but that ended up going to Derrick Henry, as we predicted. Aaron Rodgers is the sole reason why the Packers will continue to win this division. Yeah, If it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers, this would be an entirely different conversation, but as long as he is under center in Green Bay, they're winning that division. I have Aaron Rodgers as Offensive Player of the Year. So let's roll with Defensive Player of the Year. This was tough for me, because it was either going to be T.J. Watt or Chase Young. Uh, The thing is... You, you say that yeah. as if, like, they're the only two choices. No, but for me, it was head and shoulders going to be one of them. Okay. T.J. Watt is an absolute difference maker with Pittsburgh. Sure. Chase Young, his second year, he tore up his rookie season, ended up winning rookie defensive player of the year. I think he's going to win defensive player of the year because of his burst. I think T.J. Watt, there's two things that are tied into that. First off, he's getting older. He's headed toward a contract. 
uh, which also puts, there's a lot more emphasis on that. And I think age wise, he's going to be overshadowed by someone like Chase Young in the NFC. So I got Chase Young taking defensive player of the year. Nice pick, but I think you're going to be wrong for sure. Well, Let know. me ask you this, Dan. Wait, okay. And and this is not rhetorical. Uh, if I'm sure fans are going to be listening to this and they may have an answer immediately. Uh-huh. So who on the defensive side of the ball that if they retired today, they would be a Hall of Famer? Oh, it's, it's going to be Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Of the course. thing is, he has won three Defensive Player of the Year awards mm-hmm. in the last four seasons. And deserves every single one of them. Yes. And I have to go and with the he's trend. Still, and he's still underrated, I think. Yeah, he is a, you say difference maker. I think Aaron Donald is a game wrecker. I, I think what he does on the field can absolutely determine the course of an entire game. I think Chase Young is a good, solid pick. I think TJ Watt even deserves to be in that conversation. But Aaron Donald, what he has done and what he's going to do this season, we cannot ignore. You have to double or triple team Aaron Donald to get him from even creating pressure toward the quarterback. And even then, he can still shake off players. So I'm going with the best defensive player in the NFL by a wide margin. I don't think there's anyone close. No disrespect to TJ Watt and no disrespect to Chase Young. I think those are really good picks. They're just not in the same uh, universe as Aaron Donald right now. Well, we will see. Who did you pick as your defensive player last year? So my defensive player of the year, I wanted to go somewhere out of the box. And I went way out of the box. I went very out of the box. I think all of my picks, well, not all of them, but I think Christian McCaffrey and Josh Allen were, I think people wouldn't have said I was crazy uh, if they heard those picks. But I went Eddie Jackson at the Bears last season. <laughs> I thought he was going to be a difference maker on the defensive side of the ball. I thought he was going to have a crazy good year as far as uh, interceptions and pass breakups and things like that. But again, I wanted to go outside of the box. How often do people mm. pick you know safeties or cornerbacks or free safeties or however secondary players to win defensive player of the year? I think it never was, happens. I think he was more closely um, rather a no show than he was a difference maker. Yeah, and I would. Absolutely agree with that. You, again, I want to go outside the box. If you look at the trend of Defensive Player of the Year awards, it's never someone in the secondary. It's hardly ever that. The last time that it did happen was Troy Polamalu in 2010 with the Steelers. And you know before that, it was Charles Woodson. So it does not happen often, but I did like him before last season. And it just didn't bode well for me. I think people would have been like, why didn't you go Cleo Mack if you're going to go with the Bear? I get that. Bring, bring the hate. I understand. But this year, I think I'm going to get it right. Now, coach of the year, last year I had it winning was Bruce Arians. He didn't win it. I think it could have been Although, a really good yeah, case. He that, deserved it. Exactly. And I said that before the season. This year, I'm going to go who I believe deserves or ha- he has made a case that he should already had won it. Wait, 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 wait. So based off of that argument, it's not a rookie coach. Not a rookie However, coach. However, I think I know where you're going with this. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll tell you. I... I here with these coaching awards, we don't go based off previous seasons. No. Okay. You go based off of the season that they're currently coaching. Yeah. So I think I knew you're going and I would say no to your argument because the team is already at an elite level. Who is that? I think you're gonna say Sean McDermott. No, 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 no. No. I mean, that's, that's a good pick. I'm going to go Kyle Shanahan. I think Kyle Shanahan is, is a good pick. I think again, he had, he should have won it at least once in his career. Now, he hasn't been a head coach for the longest of time, but what do you... I mean, last year, Dan, and I know Robert Saylor was the defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. yep. but they met, they had so many injuries, and he didn't even get didn't even get looked at. So yeah. I think well, this year, I, 
with Trey Lance, and again, he's not listed as the starter, but I think he Trey Lance is going to start and his team is going to do well and Kyle Shanahan is going to win coach of the year. It was more of Robert Saleh's situation than it was Kyle Shanahan. He just happened to be the head coach, but he's not the reason uh, why their defense did so well. Yeah. My coach of the year is going to be a rookie, and I think this is more predicated upon the quarterback than the head coach himself, and that's Brandon Staley with the Los Angeles Chargers. He brings a great presence that Sean McVay brought um, when he left Washington to go to uh, the Rams. Uh, they have similar personalities in that they're more, they're younger, more bubbly, uh, charismatic, I guess you could say. I'm so excited to see what's going to happen with the Chargers this season and the type of presence that Brandon's going to bring, especially with the defensive side. We know that with the Chargers, it has always, I mean, for the past decade, it has been offense, offense, offensive minded head coaches. And to have this switch, I'm excited to see, and I, I hope they do well, but I've got him as my coach of the year. All right, so for rookie defensive player of the year, who are you going with? For my rookie defensive player of the year, I actually pulled up the odds of who's most likely to win this award. Because I'm just curious how the betting lines are set before the season starts. Yeah. And I looked at the top 10 players, and there's only one that's on a defense that's not already elite or considered the better of the two position groups. Sure. Or three groups, I should say. And it, it stood out to me, Micah Parsons from the Dallas Cowboys. Talked about him last week. I love that yep. pick. And if you look at the, the the betting odds for defensive rookie of the year, the top 10 teams, that is the defense that is glaringly bad. All the other ones, like I saw Washington on there. I saw Indianapolis on there. Uh, the Steelers were on there. Arizona. These defenses are good. Why are yeah. we talking about a defensive rookie? I want to go with one that I think is going to be a difference maker as these awards are for. Micah Parsons from, or Mika Parsons, excuse me, Mika Parsons from the Dallas Cowboys. Now, your argument is exactly what I use to pick this award as far as I picked a, uh, I picked a rookie that is already on a good defense because it seems like that's how it pans out, that they pick someone that's already on a good defense. Washington had a good defense. Now, Chase Young deserved it. I'm not taking away any credit for that, but I'm going with Christian Barmore of the New England Patriots. Alabama stout defensive lineman on a really good defense. It's going to make his job a lot easier. Therefore, because he's surrounded by such good talent, his stats are going to be inflated. And, but I do believe that it should go to a, a defensive player, even rookie uh, offensively should go to someone where they don't have all these pieces around them to make them better and to inflate their stats. But I'm going with Christian Barmore to win defensive rookie of the year. Now on the offensive side, this is probably going to be no surprise to anyone going to Kyle Pitts of Atlanta. You got to okay. go with the kid that okay. is going to see a ton of catches. Him and Calvin Ridley are going to be pretty much the only two weapons that Atlanta has. And I think Kyle Pitts, he's going to show why he can be a top five tight end in two years, if not already this year. He, he's a physical threat. He runs like a wide receiver and he can, I mean, the dude is jacked. He looks like DK Metcalf out there as far as just body type. But I love Kyle Pitts to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. All right. So for my Rookie Offensive Player of the Year, I'm actually going to stay in New England, as you were, Drew. I'm taking Mac Jones. Uh, when we talk about our records later, this is going to be the sole reason why the Patriots end up where they do uh, with their record with Mac Jones. It was very evident, even within preseason and camp, that Cam Newton was not going to be the starter. Uh, we saw that last preseason game that Mac Jones started. We said, nope, that's it. Cam Newton, you're off which, by the way, I'm surprised. 
sitting here a week later and he hasn't been picked up by a team. Watch when this when this drops, he's going to be picked up. Guarantee it. This happens every time. It happens every time. So uh, Mac Jones, starter in New England. I've got him offensive rookie of the year. That's a good pick. So for comeback player of the year, who are you rolling with? So Let me I'm guess. Du- it's going to be the same person as uh, I, another award? I'm double dipping here with MVP. I got Dak Prescott as well. Okay. It's just well, some of our I mean, buddies are going to be happy about that. He had a horrific injury, which you and I were both watching that game when it happened. Well, um, I, as soon as it happened, I said, he's done for the year. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, look at the replay. He's yeah. done for the year. His his foot went uh, a complete 90 degrees. Uh, but Dak Prescott, that's just how it works. I think he's the difference maker. I mean, we saw last year when he went down, that was it for the Cowboys. Yeah. We've seen teams um, use backups to go to the playoffs, but <laughs> there was no chance, especially with, the with defense. that defense. Um, so I got Dak. He's double dipping with comeback player and MVP. That's good. I'm going to roll with Nick Bosa of San Fran. I think what he was able to do before he got hurt, he, he was, he made his brother Joey look like an average football player. I think Nick Bosa is just better than his brother, Joey. Uh, he is the commonality, but Joey, but Joey can't stay healthy. That's what I'm saying. Well, the commonality is they both have not been healthy in the course of their NFL career, even though Nick Bosa's has been a lot shorter I think Nick Bosa, if he can stay off a of turf, put him on some grass. Yeah. If he can stay healthy, he's going to win comeback player of the year, and he might be in that conversation to win de- defensive player of the year. Yeah, but his injury history is different than his brother's. Like, yeah. you know, uh, an ACL injury, it's not the same as sure. one that's constantly yeah. nagging like Joey. Joey no. always has a nagging injury. Yeah, they do. So let's move on. We're going to talk about week one picks. Dan, I had him give me his week one picks. And I had already made mine, so there was no influence on this. I was like, well, this sucks, <laughs> and you'll you'll know why in a minute. But we are going to post the graphic on it so you guys can just visually see. But let's talk about the first matchup, Dallas at Tampa. Dan and I, we both went the Tampa Bay Bucks. Look, there was no surprise with this one. Uh, I don't know what all of your picks were. I just submitted mine to you. But, yeah, you can see yeah. the graphic on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, but Tampa Bay, there's... They brought everyone back. They brought their entire coaching staff back. Yeah. They brought all the players back. And you have Dallas, who hasn't had a quarterback play since week five of last year. Okay. Yeah. So that right there. It's well, just, they had a quarterback that played. Excuse me. But Dak is not capable. Yeah. One who was capable. Yeah. Sorry, Andy Dalton, but you, your time has come and gone. So and let's roll it through our Sunday matchups. Philly at Atlanta. I think this one's easier for me. Philadelphia, you have a new head coach. There's too many moving pieces. There's too many unknowns. I'm going to, and you're actually facing another brand new head coach, but it's at home. Matt Ryan is significantly better than Jalen Hurts. They have Kyle Pitts and Calvin really offensively. I'm not worried about Atlanta. I think they're going to take the W on this one. Uh, I also have Atlanta simply because their offense is much better, much more cohesive. We said the offense was not the problem last year. Uh, and because of, and it's at home, so I've got Atlanta as well. Yeah, and then you have Pitt at Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills were rolling last year. Circle the wagons. They're playing a Pittsburgh team that has three, maybe four new offense alignment. A lot of question marks there. You are you have a rookie running back in Najee Harris. Who knows what he's going to be able to do? Now he's from Alabama, and I trust all Alabama players. The history, until they prove me wrong, I'm going to trust them. I just don't think Pittsburgh has enough offensively to match up with Buffalo because I think both defenses are good. It's not no no worry right. there. I was going to say this is going to be a, a push and pull kind of game, uh, you know, nail biter till the end. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. And I have no. Buffalo winning. However, offensively, Pittsburgh does not have the weapons necessary for them to be able to handle uh, Buffalo's defense. I mean, because Ben Roethlisberger, well, most of his 
you know, wide receivers are off in the locker room, you know, filming TikToks and he's got a rookie running back under his helm. I just I, offensively, they're just not cohesive at this point. Yeah. And I don't think it's, it's not going to be a great offense this year. That's my opinion. Yeah. Well, Pittsburgh surprised us in the, in the beginning I mean, last season, but they did not surprise us. Yeah. But it was defensively that they were able to get where they went. Sure. Yeah. How, but uh, let I me ask so you too. Let me ask you this. We're going to talk about fantasy later, but who do you take? Uh, do you take anyone on P- Pittsburgh's offense as a yeah, I would one? Cha- I would no, no, take no. Oh, as, as a one, one as no, a starter. I See, no, I think yeah. Chase Claypool could be that flex wide receiver. Yeah, I starter. wouldn't even draft Juju Smith Schuster. That's me. I'm, I'm going to stay away from that. Yeah, don't. He's just red flag. Yeah, surprise. Uh, don't draft him. Next matchup: Minnesota Vikings traveling to Cincinnati. Going to play the Joe Burrow show. Is he going to be able to play like he did last season before he got hurt? Uh, he missed too many games for me to give a clear-cut answer on that. I'm going to pick the team that has my Offensive Player of the Year pick in Dalvin Cook going up against a Cincinnati defense that is still mm-hmm. crap. Yeah, I was going to say I trust Minnesota's offense way more than I trust uh, Cincinnati's defense. Joe Burrow is coming off an ACL injury, and he spent way too much time uh, missing football in his rookie season. So it's really – I mean, does this – I know in other sports, you have to play a certain amount of time. You can still be considered a rookie. I wonder what what it is for the NFL. Um, yeah, because like baseball, you could be a rookie the next season, depending on how many games you played the previous. And yeah. same with hockey situations. So this is really a continuation of his rookie season. And simply because of that, I don't trust Cincinnati to have enough firepower. But then again, we didn't think they'd beat Tennessee last year. And we saw what happened in Cincinnati. And see, with Cincinnati, too, I don't trust you. You know why I don't trust you? Because you didn't draft Pinay Sewell. Until you mm-hmm. earn my apology, I'm not going to root for you. Just yeah. kidding. That's that's not true. I just really, I'm salty that you didn't draft the best offensive lineman. He ended up falling to a team that we're going to talk about next. Hey, well, you know, they got a star wide receiver, but like we said, it's kind of hard. Wide it's, wait, it's kind of hard for the quarterback to throw to the wide receiver if he's on his back. Next matchup happens to be the team that drafted Panacey. Well, San Francisco is visiting the Motor City with Detroit. <laughs> Drew, do we really need to go much into this? It's San Francisco all the way. Detroit has brand new head coach, brand new quarterback. Even though he's not a rookie, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of unknowns. I don't know anything really about this team as far as what they are capable of doing. I think San Fran, we know what they're going to do. We know their identity. It's run the ball and play defense. Detroit, you can't bite kneecaps off to win games. So until they show me on the gridiron what they can do, I'm going to go with San Fran. Mm -hmm. Arizona Cardinals traveling to the Music City. Nashville, Tennessee, baby, going to play the Tennessee Titans. I'm going Tennessee here. You have Julio Jones. You have A.J. Brown. You have Derrick Henry. You have Ryan Tannehill. Who the heck is going to get the ball? <laughs> I don't know, but I go with them offensively. Defense, I think Arizona has the edge. Tennessee has a lot of new pieces. I think with Jim Schwartz, though, being the senior assistant defensive coordinator is a good thing for them going back to Nashville where his you know successful career started, and then he went to Detroit, and then we all know things go to Detroit to die. You know, Drew, when we get to our division standings and the record that I give Arizona, I think that Arizona is the most overrated team. Yes. They are, and you, when I give you my record for them, that'll show how much I Ooh, have faith in spicy. them. But Arizona, they are so overrated. 
I don't see them going to the Music City and stopping this high-power offense whatsoever. They built their defensive up, bringing Bud Dupree in. You have Elijah Molden, who came out of Washington, who has been phenomenal within the uh, the slot corner position. We'll see what happens with their ability to stop the run and stop the pass. They were one of the worst teams in the entire league with stopping the pass. A lot of that has to do with they weren't able to rush the quarterback. Kyler Murray's in his third season. Again, I think this team is overrated. I've got Tennessee taking this. So Seattle's going to be traveling to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Russell Wilson's a quarterback, yes or no? I do believe that that is correct. Okay, so I'm going to go with the best quarterback on the field. Indianapolis, who knows what their quarterback's capable of doing. They uh, Every single week, we have Carson's going to be back. Carson's not. Who's going to be the quarterback? Who's not? I'm going to go with the team where I know that there's a clear-cut quarterback, and that is Russell Wilson, still top five, if not top three quarterback in the NFL. I'm going with Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, he has never received an MVP vote. Which that's is still, absolutely ridiculous. That's actually that's actually embarrassing on behalf insulting. Of, of the NFL. The fact that Russell Wilson has not ever, ever received an MVP yeah. vote. Not even one. And he'll be a Hall of Famer. He will. And so I've got Seattle as well. Look, uh, Seattle's offense is what put them in a position for the playoffs last year. Defensively, they still had me shaky, but I still trust Russell Wilson uh, to handle Indianapolis. They have Carson Wentz under center now. We don't know what that's going to be like. When he was in Philadelphia, he got benched for Jalen Hurts. I'm curious what that dynamic is going to look like, but he's back with Frank Reich. So we'll see what happens uh, with Indianapolis within the division. Uh, But taking Seattle the first week, yeah, that's not going to work. I got Seattle. We have the L.A. Chargers visiting Washington football team, uh, taking that long trip. Normally would be um, a concern of mine, but it's the first game of the season, so I don't really calculate that into my ability to pick this team. I have the Chargers winning simply because you have Ryan Fitztragic as the quarterback <laughs> for the Washington football team. Hey, he's good for like the first four weeks. Oh, that's right. He's, he's Fitzmagic right now, but in by week well, six, yeah. he's Fitztragic. I'm telling you guys, Think that Dane and I are kidding. Watch the first four or five weeks. Everyone's going to be like Fitz magic. He's going to come out with his aviator shades, leather jacket, flowy beard. In about six weeks, he's already going to be benched. It happens every single year on every team he's on. I'm going with Justin Herbert and the chargers. I don't care that they have a new head coach. I do like that. He is a defensive head coach, but I like Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert. I am so high on, I was high on him before last season. I was high on him in college Give me the Justin Herbert train, choo-choo, all aboard, going with the Chargers. Now well, you, the, already, you already got the Trey train. I got the Trey train, and, I, and I'm going to trademark that. Trey Lance is the choo-choo train, but spelled T-R-E-Y-N, train. The Jets are traveling to Carolina, hometown team, going to be playing. Now, it's not our team, but it's a hometown team. Panthers, they're, they're not losing this game. The Jets stink. J-E-T-S, nasty, stinky poo. That's what the Jets are. They are not any good. I love Robert Sala. I love that you're the head coach, but I'm sorry, buddy. You're not going to beat the Carolina Panthers. Christian McCaffrey's back. He's going to wreck the game himself, and he's going to carry the Panthers to a win. And Sam Darnold is playing his old team. Mm -hmm. So he's- Revenge game. Exactly. Do you know what the Jets, do you know what Jets stands for, Drew? 
just in the sadness. And that's what we <laughs> want with the New York Jets, but it's not going to happen this season. Did Sorry. you come up with that? I did come up okay. with that. Thank just, you so much. Just in the sadness. Just okay. in the sadness. And it's not happening this season. Spoiler alert for all you Jets fans who listen. Carolina, this is yours to to lose. It, you're going to win, but it is yours to lose in this situation in Carolina. Now let's transition to two. Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte. Let's transition to two stinky teams. Jacksonville Jaguars going to Houston. It has been a made of. It's like putting a pile of poo on top of another. Yeah. We got a lot of poo takes here. It's been made official that Tyrod Taylor is going to be the week one starter. Yeah. Now I had drafted Deshaun Watson. Now later, later, late, late, late in the round of of our draft he, because he did like round twelve it, or thirteen. It was it was far because I said, man, this is going to be a really good pick. We don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson yet. Well, then they officially named him, so I dropped him. We apparently he's not going to start at any point this year for the Houston Texans. I they, don't know what that even means. Why haven't you trade him if that's going to be the case? Exactly. They have that money. They're putting it on fire, essentially. Yeah. So uh, like we, Dan and I mentioned last week, Houston is consisted of a bunch of uh, players that no other teams wanted. They dumped him off. So you have a B roster. I'm going to go with the team where Trevor Lawrence, I do believe he has the ability to win games. Not going to be a lot. Spoiler alert. But I think Jackson was going to go to Houston and they're going to beat him. Now, Drew, we've we talked about this a couple of months ago on the podcast where you hate it when people use the argument that this NFL team is so bad that Alabama could beat them. Yeah. And because you said they're an NFL team, they're still NFL talent. Do you exactly. think that Houston could still beat Alabama? I will say this. There is not a single college team in the history that could beat an NFL team. And I'll tell you why. And I used this argument last season. An NFL team consists of NFL players at the best of universities. I'm going to pick Houston 100 times out of 100 to pick uh, to beat Alabama. That's just my opinion. I don't think that any college team can beat an NFL roster. I just don't. Not saying Alabama's not good. They are by, they are so good and watch them this past weekend. Ooh, ooh. Go ahead and give them the college football trophy because they looked so good in their first game. All I see is them going up this year. I think they're going to go undefeated. Well, I agree with you, Alabama. It's head and shoulders. You know, Trevor Lawrence, who we're talking about Jacksonville, left. Clemson looked atrocious. They scored yeah. three points, the least amount in Debo Sweeney's time. Uh, but you got Jacksonville, Houston, division rivals, uh, which a couple of <laughs> years ago. Rivals. Uh, I think it was 2017. That's when Jacksonville went to the AFC championship game. Houston went to the playoffs. That was four seasons ago and yeah. here these teams are i've never <laughs> how hard the mighty have fallen that's why nfl every year it's different i mean you can make it to the afc championship one year and completely miss playoffs the next and it, and it happens all the time this one is is very clear cut it's going to be jacksonville tyrod taylor or tayrod is his tayrod taylor he's I'm just going to go ahead and give you my uh, 0 and 17. That's where Houston is this year, and so uh, because of that, okay. Jacksonville is not—they're not losing this. I don't think they're going 0 and 17, but well, a, a well. team, two teams that could feature the AFC Championship matchup: Cleveland going to Kansas City. Kansas City got Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. You have Andy Reid as your head coach. Cleveland, I like the direction you were headed. I just don't think you have enough to beat Kansas City in the first game of the season. I may, it might be when you're in midseason form that you might have a, have an opportunity, but not right now, not for game one, especially not in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, Kansas City is the bigger brother of Cleveland. They both have great offenses. They both have defenses that are not atrocious, but they're not known for their defenses. 
I think Cleveland, you, you're still going to be catching up to Kansas City uh, at this point. I, I got Kansas City winning. So we have Miami going to New England up to Foxborough. I'm going with the New England Patriots here. I think New England with Mac Jones, brand new quarterback. Half their defense that was out last year is back. Defensively, they're, they are complete. Offensively, there are some weapons that I'm concerned about. I got some question marks. You have your you know wide receiver playing your running back and running back playing tight end and all this other stuff. I'm just I'm exaggerating there, but it seems like they have so many moving pieces, and I don't think that's consistent enough throughout the season, but I do like them week one against Miami. This is actually our first split, Drew. I'm taking Miami simply because this is the first game of the season. New England hasn't meshed together. They have a new quarterback under center. Their defense, again, sat out last year because of COVID. Because of that, they don't have enough cohesiveness within the team to take down uh, Miami. Miami's come back stronger offensively. They got Tua Tagovailoa, who's under center now. From the very beginning, defensively, they have built upon their success from last year, which, looking at the record you gave them, Drew, uh, they even surprised you. Uh, I'm taking Miami uh, in our first split. So Green Bay traveling to New Orleans. Now, this game is actually going to be in Jacksonville uh, because New Orleans and the, the hurricane that went through. So it's going to be played outdoor. I'm going with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, you're just better than Jameis Winston. I'm sorry. That's that's simply put, I think it's going to be a QB matchup. I think Green Bay is going to put up a lot of points. New Orleans is not going to put up that many points, I don't believe. So this one was actually, I, I was racking my brain with it because we know what happens when teams are put in a situation that makes them uncomfortable um, regarding things they that are not in their control. So with New Orleans having to go to a different city to play a game, they're not able to play the season opener in front of their fans as they had hoped for. I think that gives them an element of motivation that they wouldn't have had otherwise. However, I don't think offensively with Jameis Winston under center that it is going to be enough to be able to take Aaron Rodgers. Defensively, Green Bay is... a smidge better than they were last year, but Aaron Rodgers, as long as he is leading that team, they always have a chance. I don't trust um, Jameis Winston enough. And Alvin Kamara, I said last week, fantasy-wise, I'm not comfortable drafting him because it's not like Drew Brees is under center and therefore they have this balanced approach. I, I don't trust him uh, in terms of fantasy, and I also don't trust this team offensively to be able to take down Green Bay. So I have them winning as well. Next matchup, we have the Newark Giants hosting the Denver Broncos with Teddy Bridgewater taking under center. Danny Dimes is going to be under center for the Giants. Saquon Barkley is back. Uh, I've got uh, the Giants actually taking this. Denver, we we talked last week that a lot of people think they're going to the playoffs. <laughs> I they're, they're seeing something we're not seeing, Drew, uh, but I don't see them winning um, going all the way to New York, even though it's the first game of the season. I don't see them taking down uh, the Giants. This, for me, with this pick, it's like someone came up to me and they said, man, your life depends on it. You have to pick a team to win this game. I'm picking the Giants. I don't have confidence in them, but if I was told to pick a team and I had to, I'm going with them. I don't like Denver, their running back situation. I talked about Royce Freeman last week, and then as soon as I talked about him, they cut him. So... I think offensively, that's how it goes with our podcast. It does. Every time we record something, we talk about them, they get cut or released or whatever. Just how it goes. You guys know the show. Going with the Giants to win this game. Now, our last Sunday game of week one is going to be Chicago. Chicago Bears, Dell Bears, going to Los Angeles to play in that beautiful stadium. Going with the Rams. 
Chicago, unless Justin Fields is playing, I don't think this not. game's going to be close. I think Matthew Stafford is going to have a great year. I don't know how great, but I like Sean McVay in the offense. And defensively, I don't even need to talk about it. They're really good. Well, when you hear the record that I give the Rams, I also believe that Matt Stafford and the Rams are going to have an excellent year. You have Andy Dalton starting for the Chicago Bears. Ooh. That's all you need to know. That's all. I, I don't <laughs> have it. to talk about any of the teams. You have Andy Dalton starting for the Chicago Bears. Sorry, Jonathan, and all of you who are Chicago Bear fans, you're not winning this game. Yeah, absolutely. It, and then the Monday night football matchup that finishes week one, Baltimore Ravens going to Las Vegas. We're actually going to see a game that should have full capacity. I know last season, stadium. yeah, last season though, I really liked this. Mark Davis did not want to be in the stadium. He hasn't been in the stadium at all because he said the first time he wants to be in the stadium is when they can have fans. So last season, he intentionally did not go to any of the home games. And I love that. Do I think he's a great owner? That's that's another argument. But I do like that he decided to hold out just like the fans had to. Do you see um, the home that he built? I thought it was currently being built. Yeah, go ahead. Look at look yeah, at Yeah, no, it's it's insane. It. it looks like a dang black hole in the middle of the desert and it looks insane. It looks like I mean, if you were wondering who the owner of the Raiders were, just look at his home. It looks just like the stadium, looks like the Death Star uh with Star Wars, um, but nevertheless, I have Baltimore winning in Vegas. Oh, I picked Baltimore too. I don't even think I said that. No, you didn't say it, but I was going to stop you um on that. Baltimore offensively they're, look, they lost J.K. Dobbins to a season-ending injury. At this moment, they're you know, bringing Le'Veon Bell in to see if he could possibly um, help Gus Edwards. If you have him on your fantasy, cross your fingers that they don't sign Le'Veon Bell because that's really going to hurt your fantasy. Uh, but I have Baltimore winning in Vegas. So if you guys notice the trend, the trend is Dan and I only different. We only have one pick that's different, the Miami and the Patriots game. All 15 games, excluding that one, is the same. Again, we didn't plan this. He sent his picks while I was already had mine complete. Just how it rolls. So either we're going to look real smart or we're going to look real dumb. But let's take a break real quick. Then we're going to talk about our fantasy teams that Dan and I both drafted. And then we'll wrap up the episode with our preseason predictions of all the teams, where they're going to look at um, division-wise, and who is going to make the Super Bowl. We'll be right back. Show break. Got social media? Give Dan and Drew a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Dan and Drew Show. We'd love to hear from you. Now back to the show. All right, Dan, we got our fantasy teams that you and I drafted. Now, last week we talked about that I have a fantasy league that I do. This is the third season that we are doing it, and it's something that I take serious. We have a get together at my place. We have food. We draft live. We have rules. It's awesome. I have a little trophy. Now, Dan has possession of it because he won last year. But I did, but I did win year one. This year, I'm hoping to take the title. Now, Dan and I are going to talk about our teams real quick and give you some players that's on our roster that we're saying, hey, you have to get, but then maybe some where we only drafted because it made sense at that time. And we'll, we'll go through it. Every week, we're not going to do it this week, but going forward, we want to do some waiver wire players like we did last season. We had some really good hits, some misses, but that's just what's going to happen in life. I really like doing the waiver wire players. And I know you guys like it too. You guys message us or tweet us or whatever and say, who should I pick up on the waiver wire? Who's someone maybe I should make a trade for? 
Dan, I had a couple, I had a way where we did draft picks. Okay. I don't do this, like pull names out of a hat and, and, and now I'm already thinking about next year. I don't know. This already. past year was fun, probably because I ended up winning. But. You did. You did. But <laughs> next year, I already have down pat what I want to do. And I can't wait to do it next year. I think Are it's going to be exciting. A surprise? Yeah, surprise. I'm not going to tell anyone. Well, you're tell gonna me because I'm going to forget in a year. Well, just I'm not going to tell you what we're doing. You're just going to be there. You're going to be present okay. like all the other guys. Okay. With, so, my, with, with my trophy in hand after winning again. I was unfortunate to get the number one overall pick. I do not gave it to you. You gave it to me. Dane and I were the last two. Dane decided to go with the number two pick. I had to be stuck with the number one. I don't like the number one pick. I think the number one pick you, yes, your first player is the best on the board in Europe in what most believe in their opinion. Then you have to wait so many picks later and it's, it just stinks. Do you know why that's a problem? It, and there, you know, anyone who's listening, who's like, Oh, we want the number one pick. When it comes to fantasy, the difference between the top players at the position is not that great. Yeah. And when you pick number one, but you will not pick again until pick 24, that is a long time for you to wait. It is. And, and the talent that is picked up within the other 22 picks or 23 picks, uh, that's that's uh, that's that's big. It's massive. So don't put so much emphasis. Really what you want is middle of the road. Yeah. And how, how I do my fantasy, and Dan and I will just go through our rosters real quick. I have starting quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, flex, defense, kicker, and then six bench players. But there is a max. You can only have two max uh, quarterbacks. I think only max five wide receivers and running backs. Uh, each max two defense and two kickers. And I kind of make it a little strict. Uh, I don't like people who hoard quarterbacks. I think that's just... That's not strategic. You're just trying to get other people from getting quarterbacks when you have two or three on your bench and you can only start one at a time. That's ridiculous. I, but, uh, well, I am, I'm in another fantasy league with um, some coworkers and the, the guy who said it at first off, he's using NFL network, which that's the blah. worst of the three. No, Yahoo's the worst. I think. No, I think NFL is even worse. I don't like the layout of it. The second is he doesn't have a flex position. He has three wide receivers and I'm sitting there drafting. It was foolish me for not looking at how the rosters were set before I started drafting. I'm like, oh crap, I'm going to need more wide receivers because yep. I can't use running back as a flex. I don't like that setup. I like no. how you have it set up. It's definitely fair. Yeah, I, I, I think my setup's pretty good actually. And when people try to say, oh, why don't you do a two-quarterback system? I'm like, why don't you just go home? Because I'm not doing not two quarterbacks. Team. The that's, whole point is you're creating a fantasy ex- team. Yeah, yeah, get out of here with that garbage. So I had the number one overall pick. Of course, I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey. Why wouldn't I? He's a fantasy factory of points. I'm going to draft Christian McCaffrey as my number one overall pick. I think that's the only one that people can say, okay, that makes sense. I think if you even put Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry – Patrick Mahomes or something that people might say that's a little early, but I think Christian McCaffrey is a guaranteed solidified number one overall pick, you know, depending on his health. Of course, the reason why I gave you pick number one and I took pick number two is I wanted you to have to deal with the pressure of who to pick. Yeah. But I knew right away. As soon as I said, I'm number one. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go grab that sticker and put it on the board. Didn't even hesitate. Well, that was a pressure I didn't have to deal with because I knew I was taking one of two players. It was either going to be Christian McCaffrey 
or it was going to be Dalvin Cook. I picked Dalvin Cook. So those are our one and two picks. Now we're just going to go down our roster. I'm not going to go into the position of where I draft him. I'll just tell you whether I really wanted him or he just slid into that position. It was just kind of the best available. My quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, every single year I get Aaron Rodgers and every single year it pays off for me. Now, last year I had Aaron Rodgers and I traded him away for Justin Herbert and another player, I think, and it actually carried me into the playoffs. But the first year I had Aaron Rodgers and I crushed it. I'm going to continue to draft him. Always get Aaron Rodgers if you can get him. I understand Patrick Mahomes is, you know, the the number one quarterback, but usually you have to kind of reach for him. I think Aaron Rodgers is always in a good position, so that's who I draft as my quarterback. This is probably the position that people reach for more than any other position is quarterback. Yeah. There is no reason that you need to be drafting your quarterback in the first, second, or even third round. There are a lot of people that want to pick Patrick Mahomes in the first round. Guess what? I beat a guy last year who had Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. The variation between Patrick Mahomes and all the other quarterbacks that are starters is minuscule. Yeah. And it is not worth it trying to reach for Patrick Mahomes when any other quarterback is sufficient. Well, and and I, I agree with that argument. I drafted... Aaron Rodgers in the third round because I have the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. If yeah, I you, if I didn't draft him, and you wouldn't I, have picked till the end of the fourth round. Exactly, and then yeah. by then he would already been gone. And yes. I think your argument is is true. I think quarterbacks there's a much mm-hmm. smaller margin, but I think Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are yeah. so high up there. Your argument makes sense because again, you're not going to pick for another twenty three picks. But yeah. if you're someone who's in the middle of the third round, there's no point. Sure. You're, it's a snake draft. It's going to come back in your favor in, in you know, 12 picks. I took Matthew Stafford as my quarterback. Uh, I'm thrilled to see what he's going to do in Los Angeles now that he has an accomplement of all this talent within L.A. So I got Matthew Stafford. So other running back that I'm starting, I got James Robinson. I think James Robinson last season just absolutely tore it up uh, with the Jaguars. Something that I didn't think about that I thought about afterward well, now he's got a new head coach, and it's a college-style offense, and I'm really worried about that. But I really hope that Urban Meyer u- utilizes him correctly like they did last season because he had a great rookie season, undrafted rookie, tore it up. If he had never gotten hurt, he probably would have finished second in the NFL with rushing yards. So my second running back actually got in a trade, Mike Davis. I originally had TJ Hawkinson, but one of the other guys in our draft said, oh, crud I don't have a tight end so he's like I'll trade you Mike Davis for TJ Hawkinson I said sold so I took uh, Mike Davis he's my second running back you know Dan the thing is Christian McCaffrey and James Robinson I think are worlds better than Mike Davis and Dalvin Cook together I think that is something that you definitely lack in is a wider or a running back too I think you have to find a way to improve in that well, I, I have some running backs, but I'm, I'm fine saying, with Mike Davis. Okay, that's fine. But he I, wasn't my first pick. I had Dalvin I Cook, and I didn't pick I didn't pick Mike Davis. I, I got him in a trade. I'm like, I don't need T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah, but you also had three tight ends on your roster. No, I had two. I thought you had three, and that's no, why I you have, traded him. No, I have two. I, okay, well. I have, right. I have when, when he traded, when he was willing to do that trade, I did pick up a second tight end. That's because I knew I was trading Hawkinson away. Yeah. I'll tell you who my other tight end is. So let's talk about a wide receivers. This is my second overall pick, Justin Jefferson. This guy was on a absolute tear last season. I need someone in a PPR league that I can trust, and I know that's going to get majority of the targets. That's Justin Jefferson. I really like him to dominate this season. So my number one wide receiver is A.J. Brown. 
it had me a little concerned of, okay, is, is Julio Jones with his addition, how is this going to affect AJ Brown's production? I still trust AJ Brown. I got him as my number one wide receiver, but let me just go ahead with my other. This is something I don't like to do. I did it anyway, but I don't like to draft wide receivers with the quarterback. And the reason being is because if the quarterback doesn't do well, obviously the wide receiver is not going to do well. But I'm real confident in LA's offense this year. I took Robert Woods as my other starting wide receiver. So my second wide receiver, I think this wide receiver is so underrated. And every year I try to snatch him up. He always produces numbers. That's Tyler Lockett. It is Russell Wilson's number one comfortable target. Now, DK Metcalf might get most of the like the big yards, but I'm going to go with someone that is Mr. Reliable when he is healthy. It's kind of, a, I think, an oxymoron in a way. But I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett because he has some great spurts, and if he can get a lot of targets, which sometimes it seems that way, I'm going to start him. I drafted this tight end, and I think he's underrated. I had him last season, and he absolutely tore it up for me. Robert Tanyan of the Green Bay Packers. I wanted to pair him up with Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers loves throwing him the ball in the end zone. It happens all the time. It's always those one-yard touchdown passes that you know give me points. I'm going to go with that. So my tight end, yes, Drew, you are chewing me out about getting rid of TJ Hawkinson, feeling like I got fleeced. I, I think you did get fleeced. Uh, you, well, we'll see what happens. But my tight end is Darren Waller. And I remember when we were in the middle of the draft, why would you choose Darren Waller so early? Because he was my second selection. You know why? Because it's not about the position. It's about targets. And he is the number one target on the Raiders. Doesn't matter that he's a tight end. So I took Darren Waller. He's my tight end. And I think he's going to be the best tight end in the league this year. It's high praise for him. For my flex option, I wanted to go with the wide receiver that's is going to see a lot of targets. Now, this is a gamble, and when I picked him, I said it was going to be a gamble. High-risk, high-reward situation, Cortland Sutton out of Denver. Coming back off a season-ending injury, but also he's going with, with the, the quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, with Teddy Bridgewater. So I, I said it's going to be a risk, but I think if you guys can get Cortland Sutton and you can get him off the waiver wire or you can trade for him that's super cheap, I would do it. Again, high-risk, high-reward. I'm My fingers crossed it's going to pay off. All right, as my flex pick, I traditionally like to make a running back my flex pick, unless they happen to be on buy, obviously, where you have to choose a wide receiver. I have Chase Edmonds with Arizona. It can be a little concerning. The reason why he's my flex pick and not my first or second starter for running back is because he will be splitting carries with James Conner, but James Conner has a history of injury and I think that Chase Edmonds is the better running back within Arizona. So I have him as my flex option with the defense. This was a no brainer for me. I'm taking the Steelers. Now, granted the first week, I'm not playing them the first week because they're playing Buffalo. They're, they're on the bench, but they are my defense for the rest of the season. So defense, I was the first person to pick a defense and a lot of people are like, no, you don't pick the defense and kicker until like the second the last round or the last round that I hate that philosophy. Do not buy that philosophy. Do not say I'm going to draft the defense the last round. I'll tell you why I picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. The reason why I drafted them, they are projected to have 20 more points than the next team. And then after that point, there's a significant drop off guys. You have to get a defense. I'm not going to, and I use the same philosophy for my kicker too. 
I got Harrison Buckner of the Kansas City Chiefs. I want a kicker that's going to kick me a lot of, you know, extra points or a lot of field goals because they, their offense gets down the field. I don't want someone, Dane has a different philosophy within the kicker. I want a team that is going to stop teams and create turnovers because that's how you get points. And I want to go with the kicker that I know is going to be kicking the ball, whether field goals or extra points. That's okay. Dan, your kicker, your philosophy, mm-hmm. go ahead and share it. My philosophy with a kicker is that I don't pick a kicker with a really great team. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite. Wait, I know you're the opposite, but guess what? I'm not, I'm never in a situation where I'm in a bind. The reason why this is my philosophy, my opinion, the reason why is because you get more points by kicking field goals versus just extra points. Well, if you have an offense that is not exceptional, they're more likely to kick a field goal than they are to do a turnover on four down if they're not able to convert a, t- a touchdown. I, so, I, I understand. I agree with that. But I'm saying is Harrison Buckner, I know that they are going to score five, six touchdowns a game, and they're probably going to kick one or two field goals, maybe three in that game. He's going to have the same points as your kicker who yeah. – it's like well, four a game, if that. Well, I I took Jason Sanders from the Dolphins. I didn't take a kicker from the Jets. Yeah, let's be honest. I'm I pick kickers that are middle of the road yeah. with teams. Okay? I, I wanted to J- get wait, the Jason Sanders. Oops, Jason Sanders was a Pro Bowl kicker last year. Miami is a middle of the road offense. They're not one of the best, but I know that I have a high chance of them at least kicking a field goal versus convert. You know, not converting on fourth down. Fair. Um, so we're just going to go through the bench real quick. Uh, we don't need to kind of uh, go in depth with this. I have Tevin Coleman in marking room second. It's just marking room. As my backup running backs, my backup wide receivers are Hollywood Brown and Michael Gallup. I think Michael Gallup's going to do well this season. Backup tight end, Hunter Henry. He's not the number one tight end in New England, but I think he's a good backup. And then I have Kirk Cousins because I had to drop Deshaun Watson because now it's been solidified that he's not going to play for the Houston Texans, barring something miraculous happens. Yeah, I want to say some. I didn't get to say this to the guys when we did our draft, but I will say this to our listeners. Please do not draft anyone that is receiving the ball from Tom Brady. Talked about this last year during the season, and it still stands now. Stop drafting Wide receivers are tight ends that get the ball from Tom Brady. He spreads the ball out too much. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. You can take Tom Brady. Yeah, quarterback. Take, take Tom Brady, but don't take his don't, weapons. Yeah, don't take his slot receivers. Don't take his tight ends. Don't take his wide receiver one unless it's Mike Evans because he's a clear, clear um, head and shoulders above everyone else talent wise when it comes to wide receiver. But stop taking anyone that gets a ball from Tom Brady. That was the same philosophy in New England. Obviously, he's not New England, so you take counter Henry if you'd like. But that was something that I didn't get to share with the guys the other night. But it's beneficial to you fantasy players. Don't take wide receivers or offensive talent with from quarterbacks who spread the ball out too much. Yeah. Got to gotta narrow it down. Uh, what is your fantasy name? Uh, was it Dal? Explain your fantasy name to me. Dalvinized Steel. Oh, because uh, Dalvin Cook. Yeah. See, my fantasy name, since I have Christian McCaffrey, it's... CMC me at the top. Get yeah, mine's Christian, better. Christian McCaffrey. Because you have CMC you know, me at the top. Let's go. Galvanized steel. So I did Dalvinized steel. Yeah. Well, um, yours, yours, you actually have to explain in a way. Mine no, is it's kind not. of self Wait, 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 wait. I don't, if you know Galvanized steel, I don't know. How many people know Galvanized steel? Well, people would, know CMC me at the top. I don't even need to explain that. I'm at the top. 
quickly through my bench, Drew. I've got uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Devontae Smith as my bench wide receivers, which I'm pretty happy about. As those are bench wide receivers. Thank you. Tua Tagalavoa as my quarterback. I've Yikes. got you should you should uh should get a new quarterback. What he's on my bench for a reason. It doesn't bro. matter. He shouldn't be on your roster. He co the fact that I was able just to get Kirk Cousins and you have ta- uh, you have uh Tua on your bench. How the heck did I get Kirk Cousins over Tua? You should have dropped Because you Tua. drafted before me, bro. No, I just picked up Kirk Cousins yesterday because Deshaun is no longer going to be they had made it a guarantee now he's not going to be playing so that's when i dropped him and i just picked up Kirk cousins yesterday i don't know i may pay, pick i may pick up mac jones just in spite of you that's fine i think two is not good so i think you should pick him up on, on my bench yeah i got Tua as my backup quarterback Devonte smith obadell uh, jamal williams as my running back i got eric ebron as my backup tight end which i'm not real thrilled about that fantasy wise he's not that great but it's slim picking when it comes to tight ends. And uh, well, you traded one of them away for Mike Davis. Yes. I'm just saying you had a flex option, so you could have put TJ Hawkinson in that flex and then keep Darren. I could have done that, but I don't need him in my flex. Thank okay. you. All right. And he's still a tight end. I trust a running back more than I trust a tight end, unless you're one of the elites. And my backup defense, I've got the Vikings, who I'm going to play against the Bengals this weekend. We'll see. Okay. So that's Dane and I's fantasy uh, roster. If you have questions, who you should pick up, who you should trade for, let us know. Send us a message on the Dane and Drew show on Instagram and Twitter. Be right back. Let's get back at it. It's time for more of the Dan and Drew show. All right. The, the fun part of the podcast. Actually, all of this has been fun. I hope you, that you guys have enjoyed it. It is a long episode. Stick with us. You got nothing else to do, right? If you're listening I mean, to us. If you're listening, not. yeah. If you got nothing else to do, you should be listening to the podcast. And if you are listening to it, it tells us you got nothing else to do. But we appreciate the love. Now, these records that Dan and I have, preseason records, before y'all start dogging on me and Dan for our records, last season, and Dan is my witness, I had nine teams where I got their record perfect. I had seven teams where I had their record either plus one or minus one in total wins. And going through that, the worst team that I completely whiffed on was the Miami Dolphins. All right. I said they were going to go three and 13. They went 10 and six, but this (laughs) year they might go three and 13. We'll see. But I think I do a pretty good job at accurately picking these teams records. I mean, to get nine right out of 32 and to get seven, I literally got half the field within one win of their their record that finished toward the end of the season. So, with that said, what division do you want to start with, Dan? Uh, let's start with the um, NFC North, which is my favorite division in all of football. But, Drew, kind of give me, before I tell you mine, how did you determine the records? So, what I did is I have a spreadsheet here, as you can hear. What I do every season, I print out all team schedules all 256 games. All 256 games, and I go by each game, and I write down whether they're going to win or lose. I do that every season. Did it last year, and I did it this year. And I go, and I say, okay, this matchup looks good. This one, eh, you know. But I but I do pick every game. It's not like I'm just picking out of a hat. This is going to be the record. No, I, mm-hmm. I'm intentional about what they are going to do throughout the season. Yeah. I did the same exact thing, except I did mine in a in a football simulator. So I did um, 
I picked games for week one, week two, all the way to week 18 based off of the talent uh, or the matchup between between the current matchup. I was like, this team is better than this team. I think they're going to win. Yeah. So I did that for all 18 weeks. And at the end of it, I was actually quite surprised with the records because some as of them, I'm like, Oh geez, I didn't even realize yeah, that. <laughs> as I was as I was picking them up, ooh, I think that team's better than uh than I thought they were. So we'll start with the NFC North. Uh, okay. Uh at the very bottom, Drew, I was shocked. Shocked when I came up with this for the Detroit Lions. Okay. I have them winning a grand total of zero games. Z- <laughs> I have Okay, that's have uh them, wait, 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 wait. I have them with zero games simply because of the matchups that they have this season. Uh, look at your spreadsheet. Tell me yeah. who on there do you think they could honestly beat? Cincinnati. Okay. Yeah. Who else? I, That's one. I'll, I'll give you my record. I think they're going to go three and fourteen, and I do have them last in the NFC North. Mm-hmm. So looking at their their these are the three wins I have, and we're not going to do this for every team, but to to talk about it, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, and I think Denver. I think those three matchups. Yeah. I mean, those three they, teams suck. Yeah, uh, that's so what I I'm saying. See. So I think that Detroit can win those three games. Okay. Yes, uh, I agree with that. They could. Let's just say that their ceiling is three wins. Okay. Yeah, I so think, that's, I think that's a good ceiling. It's three wins. Uh, for the three seed, I'm going with the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. I think Chicago is going to go four and thirteen. They have a pretty difficult schedule. Uh, this whole division has a difficult schedule. Exactly. I don't think that they are good enough to even hang in there offensively. I think defensively they're going to be close to games, but not overall. Yeah, that's partly the reason why Detroit has zero wins because they do have a tremendously difficult schedule. I'm going to give Chicago number three one more win. I have them at five and twelve okay. within within the division. Number two, Minnesota Vikings. I have them actually at seven and ten. To be honest mm. with you. I have them that, going ten and seven. So okay, flip the well, script we on had that. a little dyslexic moment. I Minnesota, see, at the end of that this is one of those surprising things. I'm like, Ooh, I only gave Minnesota seven wins. I think they're a better team than that. But again, we look at the matchups week to week yeah. and who they can play and and actually beat. I don't think that they're going to beat Green Bay at all this season. I'm sorry, no. they're not going to yeah. win at home or away. So the clear front runner of the NFC North, the Green Bay Packers. Now, last year, Green Bay was one of the teams that got their record spot on, and that was 13-3. and three. This year, I think it's going to be better. I think they're going to be 15-2. and two. Mm-hmm. I really like the Packers this season, and I think they're going to be better than last season. And to go 15-2, and two, it is a hard schedule, but I do think that they can they can make some uh, some good strides going forward. Yeah, I'm going to knock them down a peg. I'm actually going to make them 14-3, and three, but I agree with your philosophy. But because they're schedule is so difficult and the defense is not where it should be in counter uh, with their offense. I have green Bay at 14 and three and based off their schedule, I think they're going to start the season eight. No, but even with spoiler alert with your, Ooh, that's good. Uh, With yours, you have Minnesota at 10 wins and you have green Bay with 15 wins. Mm -hmm. It is a, it's very clear with even myself and you that green Bay is absolutely unquestionably winning this division. Yeah, and they're going to clinch it. <laughs> they're going to probably they're gonna, real early. They're going to clinch it early, and they'll probably be the first team to do so. I think they're just that good. I think their first loss is going to be them going to Kansas City. So they'll start 8-0 and then lose oh, to Kansas man. City. What a great game that'll That's, be. That, you know, the sad thing is, Dan, as of right now, unless it gets flexed or anything like that. You tell me it's not a 1 o'clock game. No, it's not a primetime game. It's a 4 o'clock, 425. It's got to be 425 because it's Kansas City. If they're going to Kansas City, it's got to be 425. Yeah, unless 
I'm pretty sure what's going to happen is Tony Romo and uh, Jim Nance are going to call that game. I really hope so because it's in Kansas City, so more than likely it'll be a CBS, it, it'll be game. A CBS game. Now, Fox can still have it, but usually the home team, if you're an AFC team, it's usually CBS. If you're NFC, it's usually Fox. It's a 425 Fox game. Ew, oh, Joe Buck, Barf, and Troy Aikman. No. The Hall of Famer, Ugh. Troy Aikman. Get like, out of here. I don't want that. You know, you know my problem with that is because our generation, no, excuse me, not necessarily ours, but the generation after us, they don't know Troy Aikman. He didn't play when they were around. They, it's no. time for them to get some new talent. I like what NBC did where they picked up uh, Drew Brees. ESPN picked up the Manning brothers. Yeah, that was Shoot. smart of them. Anyways. So let's go to the AFC East for the number four team. <laughs> I got the New York Jets going one in 16. Uh, they are not good. I don't think they are going to be good. Their schedule is a little difficult, but I have them sitting at the four seed or the uh, fourth in the division. I also have them at one in 16. Their only win is uh, the Houston Texans at well, one in 16. I actually have them beaten Houston. The only team that I have them beating is Philadelphia, and that's week 13 because you're going to go, oh, and uh, let's see, they don't have wait, a. Wait, you have the Jets losing to Texans, but beating the Eagles? Yes. I just, I don't know. Okay, what's I, just looking at the schedule. So, and they have a bye week, week 16. So they'll be at 0 and 11 before they get their first win. Ugh. So uh, the third team in the division, who do you got? I got Miami. Yeah. Uh, I have them at 10 and 7. Jeez. Okay, so what? I have them at 7 and 10. Well, 10 and 7. I think they're a better team than they were last year. I think defense, they're great. It's Tua. Tagovailoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not good. I, I, got, uh. I got him at 10 and 7. Look what they did with. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick before they transitioned it to yeah, a, that's why I gave him seven wins. <laughs> I, well, I give him 10 wins. So I yeah. got Miami at third in the division at 10 and seven. Okay. Well, the second division, I have the new England Patriots at nine and eight. I think they're, Ooh. they're going to be good this season. I think Mac Jones is going to be a good uh, quarterback for them. The problem is you have the Buffalo bills ahead of them. Okay. So with the new England Patriots, I have them actually 11 and six. Okay, they have it's a, a bold, really bold move, Cotton. So I have a defense that is obviously going to be better than last year. They're getting a lot of their players back. Mac Jones, I'm optimistic about under center. The reason why they have this record is because they play the AFC South. They got two easy wins in Houston and Jacksonville. They, However, on the other side, they play the NFC South. And so that I think they're going to split. But I have New England at 11-6. and six, And it'll be fun for uh, Tom Brady to play his former team. Spoiler alert, Tampa's not losing that game. No, they're not. So for the number one team, easily the Buffalo Bills, I think they're going to go 13-4. and four. They're just better. I think they're going to finish four wins better than the second-place Patriots. I have Buffalo at 12-5. and five. Two reasons. They play the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans, which Buffalo last year, uh, when they had that Tuesday game against Tennessee, they lost. They are still um, catching up with Kansas City in terms of the best team in the AFC, I have them at 12 and 5. Uh, but even though I only have New England winning one less game and then even Miami winning one less game than that, this is going to be a fun division. And two of these teams are going to go to the playoffs. That's my prediction. Okay. You got New England and Buffalo. Buffalo, obviously, but New England or Miami, either of those are capable of making the AFC wild card. All right, so let's head over to the other coast. We're going to go to the NFC West, uh, the last place team. Remember how I said way earlier in the episode, it feels like forever by now, I said the Arizona Cardinals are going to go 6-11 and 11 this season. I think they are wildly overrated. They are overrated. Uh, what? 
overrated. They are overrated. I do concur on that. I just don't think they're that overrated. They are going to go eight and nine, and they're going to be last place in the division. A very hard division, but they're going to be last place nonetheless. So the next three teams, uh, they're actually going to have double-digit wins. I've got San Francisco going 11 and six. Mm. We are on the choo-choo train. Choo-choo train. And defensively, they are going to have healthy players this time around, go figure. Um, I'm curious how losing Robert Saylor is going to affect them, but I've got San Francisco 11 and six. But this is a difficult division. It is, and I really like San Fran. I think they're going to have a great year given the circumstances as far as quarterback and offensively, they're going to go eight, nine though. Looking at their schedule, their schedule is just so hard mm-hmm. and you have to play the Seahawks and Rams twice. Yeah. That's four games right there mm-hmm. that you could possibly lose in the Cardinals. That's not an easy time either. So I think they're going to go eight, nine and finish third in division who I think is going to finish second in the division. And this is going to be sad for them. They're going to finish 13 and four and finish second in the division. That's, I mean, that's how I have as LA Rams. Yeah, I, I have the them as yeah. thirteen and four. Yeah. yeah, I think that they they're gonna finish second though. And then the Seahawks have them taking home the crown in the NFC West. I think they're gonna go fifteen and two. Mm, that's a little more generous than I, I have them going fourteen and three. But if you look at the losses for Seattle at three and LA at four, most of those, if not all of them, are gonna be division losses. Yeah, that's so how I have it on my list. Yeah, it's it's. Man, that is a tough division. I think anybody can confidently say it's going to be the Rams or the Seahawks that, that take home the crown within that division. Let's go to the AFC North, which seemed to be dominated for this by the Steelers and the Ravens for quite some time now. I think the Bengals last year showed more than I thought they were going to show, but this year I think it's going to be less. I think the Bengals are going to go 3-14. and 14. Their schedule's hard. They're not that good. Joe Burrow hasn't proved to me at all that he can you know be... Uh, a quarterback that's a threat for the entirety of a season. I really want him to do well because I like the kid. I think he's great. I just don't like the fact, again, that you didn't draft your biggest need and also being the reason why Joe Burrow didn't play for the whole season. Do you look at my notes? Because I also have Cincinnati at 3-14. and 14. Look, this is a um, a very difficult division As in addition to the West. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, those are three great teams. Either of them are capable of winning the division and if they don't, going as a wild card spot. Because of that, Cincinnati, you are so far behind. And because we have this uncertainty with your quarterback, I don't know what to expect. So I also am at 3-14. and 14. Number three, I actually have Cleveland. I have Cleveland That's third a, in the division. That is a shocker to me because no, I not. do not. <clears throat> okay. Well, I know some people think they're going to the Super Bowl or at least the AFC <clears throat> championship. <clears throat> Well, those are talents I have, but the thing is, they're third in the division, and they're going to end up eleven and six. No, I, that's how I have them. I have the Steelers. Surprisingly, I have them going five and twelve. <laughs> they're going to be third in the division. They're, I just don't like their schedule. That is uh, a hot take right there. Hot Let's- take: five and twelve. The Pittsburgh Steelers uh, for the two seed is a seven game difference. I have the Baltimore Ravens going twelve and five. I think they're going to finish seven wins better than the Steelers. That the Steelers are going to be out of the playoffs halfway through the season. Yeah, but this is this is the division that we are so far apart on. I have Baltimore twelve and five, same as I, me. Uh, so it's not that different. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Pittsburgh. I have Pittsburgh winning the division at thirteen and four. You, you have know, a lot of faith in them. I do have a lot of faith in them defensively. I do. Ben Roethlisberger is still quarterback, and I trust Pittsburgh at home. 
That's just how it is. That's how the chips fall. Okay, well, they play eight games, if not nine, depending on which team. It's nine, uh, and I have AFC them. has the home games this okay, year. Okay, so then I have them winning five of those eight games. Those are pretty good numbers. Mm-hmm. Let's just say they win five at home, and yeah, then they lose and, but, eight on the road. Okay, well, I don't agree with that part, but I have. Uh, this is where we clearly are separated. I have Pittsburgh yeah. at 13 and four, and maybe this time next year I will be thinking, I wasn't thinking. That's what that's yeah, the, what it, could be what it is. I, that's that's my hope is that I was right in this. Now I have the Cleveland Browns going 13 and four and winning the division. I think they're going to ride on top of what they had last season and how they finished the season strong. They embarrassed the Steelers in the playoffs. I like the Browns winning this division. All right. AFC West. I have the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, this is a good division, um, especially with the talent that they are playing. You this have year. Las Vegas going fourth. Yeah. Four. I have them. Yeah. I have, at, I have him at seven and ten because I still do not trust. You have them defense. going seven and ten and being fourth in division. Mm-hmm. I have Denver. I have Denver at nine and eight. I said, I said last week that Denver was not going to make the playoffs. That's the only thing that I said about Denver, okay. and I believe that they're not going to make the playoffs. Okay, I, I have, think that Teddy Bridgewater is capable. I think this defense is underrated. I think Melvin Gordon will also have a comeback year. Denver nine and eight at most. Look, maybe I'm on something right now. You are. When I was I, doing these, I don't know. Maybe I was on something. Maybe but, uh, you were watching the office or something. You got distracted. Maybe you just mix up teams. I have the Denver Broncos going four and thirteen. That division is hard. I think is. it's going to be two. It's going to be four guaranteed losses. Actually, let me look at my schedule real quick. Yep, it's going to be four guaranteed losses for the Chiefs and the Chargers combined. So that's zero and four automatically right there. I just think the Broncos are not good. There's too many question marks as far as who's going to be quarterback. Defense, yes, they're good, but they're getting older. But for the third seed, I like the Raiders. I think they're going to go 11 and 6, though. You have the Raiders. The Raiders going at 11 and 6. What makes you I think do. that they can go 11 and 6? Well, I mean, I, I'm, you know what? <laughs> I have them going I'm 11 and 6. you back to reality just no. as you've done for me. I, I'm looking at their schedule. And looking at all the wins and losses, I think that they can, you know, capture 11 wins throughout the season. There's 17 games this year. So, who knows? It's going to be a long season. Uh, last year, they didn't do too well. They finished 8-8. Eight and eight. But I think this year, they, they, they can go 11-6. Because Derek Carr played really well last season. They just fell off the wagon the past, you know, the last four or five weeks or whatnot. Okay, so when we're done with our divisions... I'm going to give you the teams that are going to make it to the playoffs. And you're, you may scoff at my records, but when you hear the teams that are going to the playoffs, you're like, you know what? That makes sense. I have the Chargers going 12 and five. I'm expecting big things from them. Brandon Staley, again, I think he's my coach of the year. Justin Herbert, uh, he's got these weapons around him that he can finally be comfortable with. A defense that can, uh, Joe, a healthy Joe Bosa would be nice. Derwin James, that would be awesome. 12 and five, I have for the LA Chargers, yet they will still. Um, not be a 12 and five record in years past would have been pretty good, but with an extra game this year, that's I have them going a little better than you. I think they're going to go 13 and four. I really like the Chargers. Justin Herbert's a stud. He's going to show this year why he's one of the best in the league, even though it'll be his second year. They're good. The problem is you have the Kansas City Chiefs in your division, and that's going to be tough. And I think Kansas City, I have I have the Chiefs going 15 and two. Yeah, that's what I have. I think you know they could be you know, win more than that, but I just don't think 
they have enough defensively to go undefeated. Their defense is their biggest issue. Offense, no question about. Defense at, is the issue, though. At this point in the season, I have them losing to Tennessee. That, that's just what happens. Tennessee wins in the regular season, yet Kansas City wins in the playoffs. <laughs> so I'm going with that trend. We have the AFC South and NFC South left. But I, but I, but I will say this, though. Kansas City Chiefs, I have them winning a ton of games before they see their first loss. Not going to spoil it, but it's a lot of games. So let's let's move on to the AFC South. Now for the AFC South, this division is half good and half not. The half that's not is the Houston Texans, and I think they're going to go one in sixteen. I think they are that bad, and the only win that I see them getting are the New York Jets. I'm giving that's way more generous than myself. I'm giving them zero wins. Okay. Uh, zero wins. I don't think we've had a winless record since what Detroit. It doesn't happen uh, often. So Houston, whew, you got Tyrod Taylor as your quarterback and you're playing with scrubs. No offense to you NFL players, but it's, it's a scrub squad. So I've got scrub squad. Scrub. Unite. <laughs> uh, Jacksonville. I have you with three wins, three and 14. I have them going four and 13. So just one game uh, improved over yours. They're not good. You have a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, and I think Urban Meyer was a terrible hire. I don't like hiring a college coach to go straight to the NFL. It is so different. The last time that we've seen that work is Jim Harbaugh when he was with the San Francisco 49ers, and he did well, but it does not work in the NFL. Yeah, but they ended up firing him. They shouldn't have done that. Do you think that Nick Saban, do you think they gave him a fair shake with Miami, or do you think they should have stuck it out a little more? No, I'm fine because now he's become well, the I mean, greatest college football coach of all time. Yeah, and I think Nick Saban is the perfect like persona and person for college. I don't think he's he's well, that like an NFL. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I uh, have Indianapolis at number two, seven and ten. Yeah, I got him going eleven and six. Mm, see, that's that's way more generous than myself, Drew. A seven and ten. A lot of that has to do with Carson Wentz as a quarterback. And but you also have weapons, to think, Dan. There, that's four wins that they're going to get from Jacksonville and Houston. Uh huh. So you're telling me that they're only going to get three other wins outside of their division? Yeah. Okay. That's how I got it's to a 17 it. game schedule. You know that, right? Thank you. Okay. Seven plus ten is seven. Let's mark it back right now. Okay. Hot take for the number one seed, clear front runner. I think for most people can say this. I think it's the Tennessee Titans going 14 and three. Then they have a really good roster defensively. They still have some question marks, but offensively. You're fine. You're sitting pretty. I think Julio Jones is going to have a great season. I would love to see him and A.J. Brown both have a 1,000 yards receiving and to see Derrick Henry have 15 yards on the ground. I would love to see 15 yards? Wow. 1,500. Sorry. 1,500 yards on the ground. One five zero zero. I'm hoping for 2,000. I want him to break it twice. I would love to. I don't think it's going to happen, though. That's really I hard. Don't, I don't think so either just because, I mean, offensively, you have to give the ball to, you know, give it to everyone. Uh, I'm going to be uh, 15 and two for Tennessee, but your argument, I'll, I'll double dip on that. The NFC East, man, this division is just as bad Ooh, as stinky, last year. Stinky. It is. It is actually probably. I don't know. I don't want to say worse than last year, but it's pretty close. There's a clear favorite for me. Now, Drew, you don't smack me with the mic when I tell you this record. There's a reason for it. Okay. All okay. Right. I have last in the division. Go with me here. Last in the division. I have Washington. Washington. The At, one that you have defensive player of the year on. Yes. The team that you've been high on defensively. Yes. The team that you've positively talked about. Go on. You I have, have them to, last in the division. I have them last in the division. Oh, that's funny. It sounds like you're coming back down to earth. 
and that they're really not that good. And I'm sitting here, and the reason why... Don't care the reason why. I'm giving you the reason. It's two wins and 15 losses. The reason why is because Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback. Now, if they get Cam Newton, then I would completely change my... If is good. (laughs) What movie is that from? Come on. Hold on. It's um, from Hercules. Yep. No free shout outs. Great movie. Okay, so I have Washington. (laughs) Man, I'm sitting here feeling like I'm going to have to eat my words this time next year. Um, But let let me preface it. As long as Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback... I'm giving he them He ain't going to be there that long. We That's already fine. know. He's going to stop then playing I will by week feel, six. I will feel relieved when someone else becomes a quarterback because then I can say, hey, wait, wait, wait. This was with Ryan yeah, Patrick okay. as a quarterback. Yeah, no. Uh, last in the division for me, the funny thing is I'm going to give you stat after I give this division. The Eagles, I think, are going to go three and 14. And I think that they are going to finish tied with the Giants and go three and 14. They're both bad. Ugh. And I think that uh, the Giants are just going to have the tiebreaker over the Eagles. Who's your third team? So I have Philadelphia at four and thirteen. Then I have the Giants at five and twelve. So I'm not far off from you. For me, just like with Green Bay, we know who the division winner. It's going to be Dallas. Dak Prescott, barring back, an injury, barring an injury, Dak Prescott is. They back. still almost won the division. They still almost won. Yeah, jeez, ten and seven is when I have Dallas. So I have the Washington Football Team being four and thirteen. Who would have thought you could have four wins and finish second in your division? Uh, I think wait, the Cowboys, wait, 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 wait. I'm not, I've Washington. never been high. I've never been high on Washington. You have Washington at four and thirteen. Yeah, and they're going to finish second and in the you, division. You ragged on my. Two I ragged on you because you have been high on Washington. Ah, uh, no, no. I've been high on their defense. Okay, you've been high on Washington collectively, oh, but they except also have t- Ryan Ter- Fitzpatrick. They have Terry McLaurin. They have Antonio. Yeah, Gibson. they have a good team. But you have always talked about Washington as if they are going to have more than two wins that you have them for. Well, Don't even give me that. I have Washington having four, but I have the Cowboys winning the division at a record blowing. Eight and nine. I think they're just they're just gonna win with eight. They're gonna win the division with eight wins. That's all you need in this division. The fact that you could win it with five is insane. But this division is crap. These teams are terrible. Nobody wants to watch this football. The fact that they get primetime games, especially during Thanksgiving, is insulting. This this Thanksgiving lineup this year is crap. The NFL should be ashamed of themselves. They have terrible matchups. I don't like it. Well, you know why they have terrible matchups? Because Cowboys and Lions are guaranteed to be on Thanksgiving each year. So those are two crappy teams. Yeah, I mean, I like that tradition. But you can also put them up against good teams and then have that third game to be really good. Put, like, freaking Tampa and Kansas City. Tell, they play each other this year. Why isn't that Thanksgiving? Tell, tell That's true. Tell, um. well, hold on, I'll tell you. I want you to pull up, Drew, to let our listeners know what the Thanksgiving games are. Oh, yeah, we're, we're talking smack about it, and I'm not even giving it to you. So, yeah. The reason why, this is my assumption, I don't know, but there's probably a reason why Dallas and, and the Bucks are not on Thanksgiving. First off, the league gets to determine who starts the season. Usually, it's the Super Bowl winner. Yeah. Okay? And I Second, say usually, again, like in the beginning of the podcast, yeah. it's not always the case. Second is TV rights. You may, uh, the, the kickoff is NBC. So NBC, now what NBC could have done is they could have made that the 820 game on Thanksgiving well, or Thanksgiving. NBC likes to have everyone dedicated to them. Uh, so these are the Thanksgiving matchups. Well, they only get one game a week. I, w- I yeah, don't blame them. Um, that's true. So the kickoff for Thanksgiving 
is the Bears at the Lions. Uh, then you have the Raiders going to Dallas. Ugh, too That's a... This thing. Ugh. Okay. And then the best matchup are the Bills going to New Orleans. All three games are in domes. I don't like that. So we're watching... the you, Dome settings are not as appealing on TV as it is for outdoor stadiums. I think Buffalo, their stadium is one of the best in the NFL because it's so small. That's why I miss when the Chargers played at StubHub uh, Arena. <laughs> at a soccer stadium? At a soccer stadium because it was awesome. Like the, the fans, and that's one thing I love about soccer stadiums is they're more uh, closer to the field and more like on top of each other where they're not like huge stadiums like the Cowboys or whatnot. But these matchups this year stink. I think the, I think the Bills are going to blow out the Saints. The Cowboys are going to win and the Lions are maybe win. I don't know. I mean, I have the Cowboys going 8-9. So let's finish with the last division in the NFL. And my little stat, Dan, that I told you I was going to give you guys. The NFC East, collectively, spoiler alert here, is going to have one more win than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> I'm going to let you guys do the math on that one. And I'll get you in a minute. But we'll start with the last team in the division. Uh, I think the Saints are going to go 7-10. and 10. Jameis Winston, not a good quarterback. But I think they're going to finish last in the NFC South. So you have one more win. Well, let me just count mine up. That's 19. 20. I have 20, 21 wins for the NFC. So obviously that's not possible. Atlanta Falcons, I have them going 5-12. and 12. Okay, 5-12. and 12, I'm, I have them going 8-9. and nine. You're going to be a little better than that. And that's the record that I'm giving to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, Carolina. I said that they could potentially go to the playoffs this year, yeah. but nah. I have, them, I have the Panthers going 9-8, and eight. so not, not too bad. Yeah. But I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to clinch the division halfway through this season. I have them, and I did not do this on purpose. I looked afterward when I counted up all my wins for every team. How are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going 17 and 0? Yeah, I have New Orleans going 10 and 7. You didn't ask mine, but there you oh, go. Okay. Well, uh, the Buccaneers, I also have them going undefeated. That's I, just, the, we've talked about this. They brought everyone back. They are a better team this year. Look at the team, the divisions they play this year. They have a lot of easy wins. Yeah, their their divisions that they are playing are, and their road, their their hardest road game this year are the Los Angeles Rams. And guess what? That's their third game of the season. So you're getting your hardest road game early in the year out of the way. That'll be a great Their next matchup. hardest game is not toward the end of the year, and that's against Buffalo, and that's a home game for them. Mm. So their schedule is really easy. And afterward, when I was like, oh, crap, I have them going undefeated, uh, I was like, well, let me look at their schedule again. And then I looked at it, and I was like, no. That's correct. <laughs> I can see them going 17-0, and 0, for mm -hmm. real. Do I think that's going to happen? I think the chances are more... I think they're not going to happen, but their schedule is a cake schedule. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to wrap up the episode with this final thing. We're going to talk about playoff seedings real quick and then give our Super Bowl predictions of this season. Let's go through one through seven with the AFC Conference, Dan. You can go first. Okay. Go from one to seven. So my first, <laughs> this is, okay, this is interesting. My first seed, I have the Tennessee Titans. They hold the tiebreaker over the Kansas City Chiefs because they beat Kansas City in the regular season. I have Kansas City at number two, Pittsburgh at number three, Buffalo at number four, Baltimore at number five, and LA Chargers at six, and New England at seven. So my one through seven seeds, and some of these are going to have tiebreakers. I know some have the same record, but I have the Chiefs at one, Titans two, Bills three, Browns four, Chargers five, Ravens six, and the Colts seven. Mm. After looking at the schedule, I really wanted the Patriots to make the playoffs. 
I just don't think they have enough. Well, like I said, I have them as my seventh seed. So they uh, New England will just barely sneak in. On the NFC side, Tampa Bay with the bye week, obviously, when you're undefeated. Green Bay, number two. Seattle, three. Dallas, four. Rams, five. San Francisco, six. And New Orleans, seven. Yeah, and to preface everyone, the one through four seeds are the division winners. So the Cowboys, even though they have eight wins, they're going to go over the Rams because they are a division winner. But I have the Bucks one, Seahawks two, Packers three, Cowboys four, Rams five, Vikings six, and then the Panthers are the final playoff spot for the NFC. And what did you say the Panthers' record was? Panthers are going to finish the season nine and eight okay. because the NFC is bad. It is bad. They're real bad. We agree with you, or I agree with you on that. Um, on the AFC side, we have um, I have Buffalo beating Baltimore. Okay. I have Kansas City beating New England. I have the Chargers beating Pittsburgh, even though they're a sixth seed. I have them beating Pittsburgh, and therefore that they will play. Uh, the Chargers will play Tennessee, and Buffalo will play Kansas City. So I have the four seed Browns beating the five seed Chargers, three seed Bills beating the six seed Ravens, and the two seed Titans beating the seven seed Colts. So transitioning to round two, the Chiefs will host the Browns, and I think the Chiefs are going to win. And then I have the Bills going to Nashville, where I think the Titans are going to beat the Bills. So I have Buffalo visiting Kansas City, where Kansas City will win. I have the Chargers losing to Tennessee. So the AFC championship will once again, like two years ago, be Kansas City, but visiting Tennessee this time. Ooh, uh, I think it's going to be Kansas City hosting the Titans. And uh, I think the Chiefs are just going to beat them again. Unfortunately, it's going to happen. I have the Chiefs going back to the Super Bowl. Well, remember, if you look at just the first half of that game two years ago, Tennessee won. <laughs> yeah, it just look at the first half and they're yeah. going to the Titans. Same with to the Houston, Super Bowl. though. Remember, Houston yeah. did the same thing. So on the NFC side, I have Dallas losing to the Rams. I have Seattle beating San Francisco. I have Green Bay beating New Orleans, putting a matchup between the Rams and Tampa Bay, where I have Tampa Bay going to the NFC Championship. And then I have Seattle beating Green Bay to go to the NFC Championship. So it'll be Seattle visiting Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship. Yeah, so for their first round, I have the four-seed Cowboys losing to the five-seed Rams, three-seed Packers beating the six-seed Vikings, and I have the two-seed Seahawks beating the seven-seed Carolina Panthers. That's That's a tough trip for Carolina. Moving on, I have the number one seed beating the five seed Rams. And then I have the two seed Packers beating the three seed uh, Seahawks. I think the Packers are on another level when they reach the playoffs. This is funny, though. You have the Packers having to play the Buccaneers again. And I think the Buccaneers are going to go back to the Super Bowl and play the Kansas City Chiefs. I have Seattle losing to Tampa Bay. Uh, look, Tampa Bay may be the only, only the second team in history to go completely undefeated like the 72 Dolphins. I have, for the first time, I have Tennessee beating Kansas City in the AFC Championship game and and going to the Super Bowl against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where Tampa Bay will win the Super Bowl. You feeling okay? Yes, I am. You think the Tennessee Titans with that defense can go to the Super Bowl? I do because I think the defense, no. is, I think it's better than they when they went two years ago. Actually, it's worlds better than two years ago when they went to the AFC uh, Championship. Yeah. Uh, and that, the offense is better too. Hey, I would love to see Tennessee there. I just don't think that they're going to beat the Chiefs. I have the 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 56 in Inglewood, California, where SoFi Stadium is located, I think the Buccaneers are going to win the Super Bowl again. They're going to complete a season that is going to have the most wins of all time in an undefeated season, which has only happened one other time with the Miami Dolphins. But if they can win their the second round, the third round, and the Super Bowl, that'll make them 20-0. That would be an incredible year for them. And the thing is, we both believe that they can absolutely do that. But at the end, we have Tampa Bay winning again, and Tom Brady with his eighth Super Bowl. He's going to have to get a couple of extra fingers at this point. I mean, this is absurd. Eight Super Bowls. He's got seven right now, which that the fact that you have seven Super Bowl wins is just, I can't, my mind can't comprehend it. It's just one of those things. Thank you so much for sticking around with us. You guys love this stuff. It's been a long episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, Cowboys and Buccaneers are playing and opening the season tonight. Tonight. Thank you guys. We appreciate it. Much love. Thanks for listening to The Dan and Drew Show. Catch all our episodes anywhere you find your podcasts. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at The Dan and Drew Show. We'll catch you next week for your weekly hit on all things sports. Signing off.